The African National Congress describes their national health insurance plan as revolutionary, historic, and a victory for the poor that would eliminate inequality in medical care and also eliminate the discriminatory two-tier private public health care system. They believe that this act of theirs, if it is signed into law by President Ramaphosa and makes it through what looks like a ton of court challenges, will completely change the general widespread communal health of South Africa's people. But it seems like everybody else disagrees, including more than 25,000 public and private healthcare workers from nine different medical, dental and allied associations who have combined under the title the South African Health Professionals Collaboration to call for the president to send the NHI bill back to parliament for reconsideration. And it's not just them. Business interest groups and every other political party basically besides the African National Congress thinks this will be a total disaster. And although the Democratic Alliance, Encarta Freedom Party, Freedom Front Plus and Economic Freedom Fighters all have some different reasons for why they hate the National Health Insurance Plan, they all agreed on one thing. That the ANC, in their view, is totally incapable of pulling off national health insurance based on the available evidence of how badly the ANC has screwed up our public health care system already. The corruption, the maladministration, the dilapidated public health care facilities that beset so many millions of particularly poor South Africans every single day. So let's talk about national health insurance because you are going to hear so much about it in the run-up to the elections it's pretty clear that the anc is going to try and sell it as a reason to vote for them and everybody else will try and tell you that it's the worst thing imaginable and you shouldn't vote anc to save the country from national health insurance welcome to the issue with dan Corder. it's south africa's watch party because south africa is a movie come watch it with us and today's episode is the issue with the nhi national health insurance every single episode of the issue is available across on youtube in video form and in longer podcast form wherever you like to get your podcasts and if you're brand new here if i could just ask you the tiniest favor as you listen to this podcast it'll cost you nothing and take you a second just click follow or subscribe wherever you're listening from it makes an enormous difference to our development of the show right the nhi let's go Every single national election year, the ANC has a shtick, something that they are championing, that they are pushing super hard to try to convince you to trust them, to vote for them, and to keep them in national power. Last national elections, it was land reform and expropriation and compensation and land and ownership justice. And since pretty much the moment that election was over, I don't know if anything at all has happened with that. I don't know if the ANC was just using that as an election campaign message without any real intention of following through and doing anything about it. Classic politicians. And this year, the ANC seems set to champion national health insurance. It's a plan to provide all South Africans with superb medical care for free. The level of medical service that we associate in this country with private health care that is provided only if you can afford medical aid, the ANC says that their plan will get that to all South Africans no matter how poor they are or where around the country they live. ANC Secretary General Fakile Mbalula says that the ANC was elected on the promise of creating the NHI and they are going to fulfill that promise, which I have to say just sounded ridiculous because 
the ANC has got a remarkable track record of promises that they have made not fulfilled. They've promised to solve the energy crisis every single year for longer than a decade and end load shedding and fix ESCOM. They've promised to fix dilapidated infrastructure systems to get the trains working. They used to work. I know it sounds unbelievable. To fix potholes, to fix traffic lights, to do away with pit toilets in South Africa's rural and most impoverished schools, to fix decaying public hospitals and clinics. And I don't know about you, but I don't think they've done very well at any of those things. Nonetheless, Fakile says this is the promise that they are going to fulfill, which really feels like a partner in a marriage making all of these promises for what they are going to do in this marriage to their lover and then doing none of them. Forgetting to do grocery shopping, forgetting to pick up the kids from school, taking money that should be spent on the family and spending it on a new car just for themselves, forgetting birthdays, not pitching up to birthday parties, being rude to their in-laws, being dismissive of their partner's concerns, and then suddenly realizing that their marriage is on the rocks and going, I'm going to just do one massive, grandiose, over-the-top act to prove my love and hopefully sweep away all of the memories and misgivings that my family has about all the ways that I have failed when I promised that I would succeed them and act differently. It's really, it's really, really what it feels like. And I must say the timing is really interesting here because the African National Congress has been speaking about creating national health insurance since 2008 in their Polokwanek conference. So Dan meant to say 2007. Numbers confuse him sometimes. Listen properly. This is Eric, the editor speaking, by the way. Sorry if this alarmed you. I kind of came out of nowhere. And now back to Dan. And only now, with almost certainly less than a year until voting day, in election season has the ANC made NHI their priority and pushed it through all the way to President Ramaphosa's desk for potential signing to make it an act. Only now, just in time to tell everybody that they have finally created NHI, but with not enough time, reasonably, for them to have to implement it before election day. Because even if they get it signed tomorrow, there's not enough time to start NHI. And so they'll be able to go to the voters and say, no, we've made national health insurance. We've made it. Look, we did it. We did the promise. We've made this incredible thing for you, even though they don't actually have to create it before asking people for their votes. The timing is fascinating. And also, the ANC almost certainly knows that there are going to be so many core challenges. There has already been so much pushback that this isn't going to get through in time for the elections. But they will be able to say, we have done the work and we are getting it through, even though they haven't and won't have actually done anything before we vote. Just a few days ago, the National Council of Provinces passed the bill using their ANC majority, which means that it's now on the way to President Ramaphosa's desk, which usually would mean that a bill signed by the president becomes an act and becomes law, although it looks incredibly likely that this bill will be challenged in court and many different political parties, business interests, organizations, AFRI Forum will try to stop it from becoming law. Petitions from lobby groups like Business Unity South Africa and Business for South Africa have already described the bill in its current format as unworkable, unimplementable, unaffordable, and unconstitutional. That is pretty harsh, both on substantive and procedural grounds, they say, and everybody is begging for a delay. 
Joe Partler, South Africa's Minister of Health, says that the NHI plan is founded on the principle that, that every South African, regardless of their socioeconomic status, should have access to a comprehensive set of health services without facing any financial barriers. He says that NHI is about Ubuntu, and he has used similar language to ANC speakers who during that NCOP debate described the NHI as revolutionary, historic and a victory for the poor that would eliminate inequality in our healthcare service. And it sounds like an absolutely superb idea in theory. It sounds, it sounds exactly like every country in the world should do because every single human should be able to get the best quality healthcare provision for whatever they need, whatever malady they are suffering, regardless of how much money they have in the bank or where they live. It sounds superb. We all have. It's a universal basic human right to access to good quality healthcare services. So here's the plan that the ANC has to make national health insurance work. Essentially, a massive fund will be created that will mainly be filled with money from taxpayers that will be used to pay for all of the services that all South Africans need for whatever medical health issue or crisis they are facing. The NHI intends to be comprehensive. They want to cover preventative care, promotive care, curative and rehabilitative healthcare services. They want to try and prevent diseases and promote health and this fund will pay for all of that in the ANC's minds. This is the way that all governments in the world fund massive state-created projects that are supposed to help everybody. Tax money is used to put into a central system that then services all the roads in a country, provides electricity for the whole of the country, funds education and funds healthcare. So it's actually, from that aspect, a bog-standard plan for how to fund NHI. But remember... One of the clear goals that those ANC speakers highlighted in the National Council of Provinces is they wanted to do away with the discriminatory two-tier healthcare system where if you have enough money and can afford medical aid or just have enough money, you can use much higher quality private healthcare facilities and professionals rather than go through the public healthcare system. So how will the NHI plan affect medical schemes and private healthcare? The bill states that when the NHI is fully implemented, whatever that means, medical schemes will not be able to provide cover for services that are paid for by the NHI. And I just told you that the NHI aims to, in the end, cover everything, which seems to mean that the end goal is to do away with private healthcare and do away with medical aid. The idea being that government intervention will create a public healthcare service that is as good as private healthcare currently is so that all South Africans can get the very best and experience equality in the service that they receive from any and all medical professionals and healthcare facilities. How much is this going to cost? How much money does this fund need? Nobody knows yet, but most estimates say at least hundreds and hundreds of billions of rands per year of taxpayer money that could go to a raft of other things that the government does spend money on to try and improve the country. So why is everybody except the African National Congress against this plan? Because the ANC's track record of screwing up, destroying, stealing from, and disrupting virtually every industry, every department, every part of South African life that they touch is just more than enough of a reason for most South Africans to go, they're going to screw this up too. 
The ANC has done many good things for South Africa, but the story of the last decade to 15 years has been of rampant corruption, rampant decay, lack of care and interest by a succession of ANC members and ANC-deployed officials in a variety of government department positions. It is staggering to South Africans how much the ANC is allowed to fall apart, and it seems like every day there's just another terrible story. Just last week, we found out that nearly half of South Africa's drinking water is not safe to drink, when way more than that, most of South Africans' drinking water was perfectly safe to drink just 10, 12 years ago. That is decay and maladministration and lack of interest in care and corruption and the silencing of whistleblowers across that crucially needed service. Just last week, we found out that after a full year of students who are on NISFAS funding at university not receiving their payment, dodgy tenders being signed, money disappearing, and students during exam period literally going hungry needing their universities to arrange soup kitchens and food banks and relief just so that students can eat and drink while they're preparing for these massive exams. Just after the year that we've had with that, we found out last week that the government is slashing more than 13 billion rand from tertiary education funding. So much for the promise that they made four or five years ago about free higher education for many impoverished South Africans. We've seen this movie before. And as much as so many stories of abject failure and horrifying mismanagement could desensitize South Africans, could desensitize us because there's just so much bad news all the time that it all kind of runs together and then we as South Africans psychologically try to let most of it not get as deep into our hearts as before because it's so alarming and upsetting. The healthcare disaster is just something that I can't take my eyes away from. Because all across the country... Medical professionals are burnt out, exhausted, working in dilapidated and failing hospitals and clinics with not enough resources, not enough time, and not enough support to provide decent healthcare to all of the millions of South Africans who need it and can't afford to go through medical aid and private healthcare. South African doctors and nurses are world famous. They are so excellent and recognized around the world for being so good at what they do. The sad truth behind that fame is that they are so good because they've had to deal with such horrifying conditions. American and European doctors come and learn from South African doctors and nurses because they've been trained and work in such sanitized, comfortable conditions that they just haven't seen as much horror and have to deal with as much shortage of supplies and medical equipment and as many challenges as South African doctors and nurses have. So yes, we have some of the best doctors and nurses in the world But it's because often doctors and nurses have to find a way to help people with nothing that they need that should be provided by the government. That's why we know of South African doctors who've had to use string from a store to do stitching for injured patients. That's why we know of doctors who've had to use condoms, government-issued choice condoms that come out of the free dispenser in certain public toilets. They've had to use condoms as gloves because they are obviously hyper-clean because gloves haven't been provided to their clinics and hospitals that they need to use to be hygienic while helping patients in distress. And there's a reason why everybody wants medical aid in South Africa, why everybody is just so desperate to go to private healthcare hospitals and clinics. It's because the public healthcare system is shambolic, and that's not the doctors and the nurses' fault. 
That is the government's fault and has been for decades. Just to illustrate my point, I did a quick Google of South African healthcare news. I just Googled it and I clicked the news tab. Here's what's come up. Doctors SOS as Chris Harney Baragwanath Academic Hospital faces essential food shortage. Baragwanath, the biggest hospital in South Africa, ran out of food, didn't have enough food provided by government to give to all of its patients. More than 900 babies have died of avoidable incidents at Chris Baragwanath Hospital because of government failures. Here's another story. Vacancy rate at Barra Hospital is higher than internationally acceptable standards. And another. Senior nurse shot dead in her car outside of Baragwanath Hospital. And it's not just Baragwanath. Let's go to another one. Here's a new story. Charlotte McClaker Hospital owes 276 million rand and faces a shortage of medical instruments. More than 2,000 operations have been cancelled at Charlotte McClaker Hospital. Every single one of those cancellations is a patient who needed that operation. Here's another one. Charlotte McClaker Hospital hit by 3 million rand theft of a hospital. And let's go elsewhere. Northwest Hospital blamed for placing newborn babies in cardboard boxes because there weren't enough incubators. Whose fault is it that there aren't enough incubators in a hospital? It's not the doctors and it's not the nurses. So this is the public health care system that the ANC-led government has made, has caused, has created. It is absolutely their fault. The decay, the corruption, if we're going to raise money to help the healthcare system, surely we need to be fixing the healthcare system. It's not a funding problem. It's a maladministration, corruption, and neglect, a decay problem from lack of care or interest and total dysfunction from higher government officials and departments of health. And again, look at the track record of this ANC-led South African government in every single department in whatever they touch. It's like they have the anti-Midas touch. Whatever they touch doesn't turn to gold, it turns to shit. And it often does because the money gets stolen. Remember the last time we had a high-ranking health official that we all knew about and actually liked for a little bit of time because it looked like he was a good guy helping us fight COVID, Dr. William Kieser. He was our Minister of Health during COVID at the beginning. He was Digital Vibes, Aware Consulting. That ended in the discovery of millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of rands of theft, and there have been no legal recriminations for him or those around him yet, and it doesn't look likely. So when we think about the government creating a massive billions, hundreds of billions of rands new fund, we're not thinking that it's, that money is going to be used for anything good. We're thinking more tenders, more fraud, more stealing, more corruption. So that's why everybody except the ANC is against national health insurance. Not necessarily because people don't want national health insurance. In theory, it's beautiful. As an idea, it is epic. In an ideal world, we need to have it. People deserve good quality healthcare, no matter what their living circumstances. But in South Africa, with this government, no, it's not good. And for me, it's all the more frustrating because all medical professionals who qualify to practice in South Africa should ideally be serving all South Africans, not just going into private healthcare and those who can afford to use private healthcare and only servicing the rich. That is deeply unfair. The ANC and Joe Patla is right in that sense. It is deeply unequal and unjust, especially because 
nearly every medical professional, nearly every healthcare practitioner in South Africa was trained through a reputable learning institution like a university or a nursing school that is heavily subsidized by the government. That is something that you need to do because it is unbelievably expensive to train people to become doctors and nurses. So rightfully, our government does provide enormous subsidies and investment into training centers for medical staff. And of course then, that staff, with all that money that's been given to them to make it affordable for them to study and for their institutions to provide them doctor's training and medical degrees, their work that they then do should give back to South Africa and help everybody. That's how we justify all medical professionals doing internships and community service. But the reality is that our public healthcare system is so shambocked that it's hard to survive it. Your mental and physical health is destroyed as a medical professional. You often need to sacrifice your personal life, your family, your health, your happiness just to do this job. And the environment that causes that is an ANC government-created environment. The reality is that the vast majority of people who choose to be doctors and nurses know what a sacrifice it is. They know at the beginning how brutally tough, how hard it's going to be. They know of all the PTSD and the trauma they're going to go through as they help people who've gone through horrifying things, as people die on their watch because it's too late to save them, because there's no medical intervention that can keep them going. Doctors and nurses, when they start out, know how hard their lives are going to be. But the vast majority of doctors and nurses do it anyway. They choose to do it anyway because they want to help people, because they feel this calling, this urge, this mustering in their hearts and in their minds to help the helpless and to help the vulnerable. But their lives are being made ghastly and impossible by our government's behavior. And so many of them burn out. They get overwhelmed. They fall into depression, endless anxiety. They quit the healthcare profession. They do, after a while, for their own sanity, try to work in private healthcare or go overseas where it is just a little bit easier to help people because the medical systems look after their employees better. And a National Health Insurance Act will do no good to help all of these medical professionals. A National Health Insurance Act is not going to fix the very obvious problems that this government has created structurally, infrastructurally, in terms of support, in terms of equipment that doctors and nurses in public healthcare facilities just need right now. Food at Baraguanath Hospital. How do we have food shortages in a hospital? To go back to that comparison I made about this person who's got married and has reneged on, failed on every single promise that they made in their vows and has now suddenly realized that their marriage is on the rocks. This is like this person looks up and sees how miserable their family is and sees how malnourished and unhappy they all are and goes, okay, grand act of love to make them realize how much I love them and hopefully persuade them to forgive me or maybe even forget all the ways that I've failed them and all the promises that I've broken. I am going to get them a private chef, a gourmet chef whose job it's going to be to give them the most delicious food in the whole world, at vast expense, I'm going to hire this chef. But because of all of this partner's neglect, the stove is broken, the fridge doesn't close properly and doesn't cool properly, the freezer's been out of commission for years, the kitchen is a shambles, there isn't enough cutlery, there isn't enough crockery, and this partner can't even afford to 
or doesn't even know how to source the cooking ingredients that this chef needs. So yeah, hires the chef at vast expense, but the chef has no ability to make the food that this person's family, their partner, and their children needs. That's what this is like. And it just blows my mind. And if we consider that maybe the ANC is only doing this because they want to convince people to vote them back into power, and they've designed when they have brought up and pushed through NHI to be so late that there won't actually be time for them to implement it, but they will be able to say before the election, we have made it happen and it is coming. Say that is what the ANC is really doing. In our analogy, this partner is basically then going to their family and saying, stay with me, give me a little money to pay off some debts that I have that I, and I can't pay for it myself and I will pay for the kids' school fees next year. Knowing full well that the kids' school fees will only have to be paid next year. So if the family is to do this deal and do this settlement, then they'll have to give up the money first to help off this this partner pay their debts. It's what it's like. It's designed so that the partner doesn't have to prove anything about whether they are actually going to fulfill their promises before they get something out of you. (sighs) I'm sorry. I know this has been a rough and a tough episode, but like NHI upsets me so much and the treatment of and the destruction of the public healthcare system and all of its victims, its patients, its nurses, its doctors, upsets me so much and so we just had to talk about it thank you so much for listening to this episode of the issue with dan corder we really appreciate your kind attention if you still haven't i'd so appreciate if you just click like or subscribe wherever you're listening from and remember if you want to go and catch the video version of this episode it's across on youtube just search the issue with dan corder The Issue returns next week with a brand new episode. Every single week, we take a new big talking point in South African news, politics, culture, and current affairs, and we pull it apart to see what's actually going on. See you next week.